0: Ciao ragazzi, this is Katie Portanova, and you're listening to Florence and Me. I'm a lover of stories and all things Italian, and I'm going to bring you all that in this podcast. My intention is to inspire you to step out of your comfort zone and explore life and travel the world. Join me as I tell you my story many others about Italy, and my love, Florence. Andiamo! Hello, ciao, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Um, We're going to talk about Santi Apostoli, my favorite, favorite, favorite church in Florence. I told you on the first episode how I came in contact with Senti Apostoli from Vida, my art and architecture teacher, when I was a a student studying abroad back in 2002. And since then, Senti Apostoli is a church I visit every time, now that I live back in the States, every time I visit this place when I go back to Florence. I'll get into this later, but I always always light a candle in this church as well. It brings me just complete hope and love towards all the people in my life, and it just grounds me when I do this. Lighting a candle is just something I always do whenever I walk into this church. I'm gonna tell you the history from what I remember from my memory. Before I go into the nitty-gritty details, um, where the church stands right now, um, if you walk down Borgo Santi Apostoli from the street that leads you to the Ponte Vecchio, um, when you get into the piazza, you'll see on the side, when you're if you're looking towards the river, towards the Arno, you'll see on the wall, which is, there's a shop right there, right above the shop, there's... Um, a like a statue carved into this the wall of a madonna and and the baby jesus and on that plaque below it talks about why the um the piazza's name piazza del limbo piazza del limbo is where is just like limbo in the um dante's inferno and the divine comedy written by dante Alighieri um limbo is where you know you if you're not baptized this is where you you end up and we kind of say that sometimes in our own culture like i'm in limbo i'm not sure where i am um where the church stands to this to right to this day um there was a cemetery um where babies were buried if they died before being baptized so they you know it's no longer there the church is in its place there is a little tiny um next to the church to if you're facing the church the facade to the um your the left there's kind of a little gated garden and i kind of i don't know the story with that i kind of think that that's kind of a uh an homage a memory of the of the cemetery that once stood there i'm not sure on that um so i had you okay so looking at the wall where it says it talks about the babies being um that that weren't baptized were buried in the cemetery that's why it's called piazza del limbo um r- directly behind you so you're looking at the river the church will be on the left of your left if you look directly behind you there is a um where it's a shop right above the shop it says um it says bani romani or something like that i, I bani terme so it was a hot it was a it was a, um, a roman bath house before it became a shop obviously a boutique shop um, but that's still carved on top. So I thought that was really cool when i when I figured out what that meant. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Um And then, as you walk into the piazza on your right, there is an entrance to a hotel. um, disregard that. But as you look at the facade, um, You'll notice it's, it's, it's not a beau it's not a pretty facade. I don't know anything about, um, I'll get into that about the facade. There's, there's a little bit history about the facade, but not like big, but if you're looking straight at the river again, the church is on your left. Okay. There is a little M like a, um, like a sign in stone that talks about when in 1966, the, the Arno river flooded And that's how high it got up there. So you can imagine like that whole church was underwater, completely underwater. And to this day, I believe they're still working on some of the frescoes, probably not to this day. But back when I when I was learning about it, they kept my uh, Vieta would say that they were still working on a lot of the frescoes and some of the paintings that were in um, to restore um, what was um, damaged from the from the flood. So yeah, so that's what I remember from my um, my teacher. What I wanted to get the facts right of when it actually was discovered. There's it's, it. The legend says that okay on the if you now if you're looking at the facade okay on the facade there's a plaque towards the um, it's a white plaque you can't miss it right above a door um, to your left to the left of the door. And it talks about the plaque talks about when it was actually um, founded, when it was actually, um, you know, yeah, founded. And in in history, what the facade says, the marble plaque says, in a in a Romanesque style, it says the church was founded in the year eighteen hundred, not 1800, eight eight hundred, <laughs> at the presence of of Charlemagne. Now that is 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 not said to be true. it's said to have been um it dates back to around the eleventh century um another really cool thing to note is that the church was actually the first church kind of outside of the Roman walls okay if you look at an old map of Florence from Roman times, you'll see where that there's um there's different maps you can look at of how 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 it kept like growing Florence and all the walls kept growing and to this day there are still walls around some parts of the city where you can like Boboli gardens you can see from there um but yeah so it was right outside the city walls so that's just really kind of cool to think like it was just there's there's a big big huge wall (laughs) and you walked out and there was this church and there was other like land it wasn't like built up um so yeah, so that that's something that's always been kind of debatable about when it was actually founded. Um, it has been remodeled um, over the centuries, so what you see today is not exactly how it was founded when it was cre- when it was founded or created or remodeled. Um. So yeah, there's that, and the facade. Like I was gonna say, the the facade is quite um, is very classic um and it was it was um intense it was said to be um the the interior sorry was said to be inspired by Brunelleschi um kind of creating off of the model of San Lorenzo and Centro Spirito all these other two churches in Florence um the facade is it's just very basic and if, if you know San Lorenzo you can kind of see a similarity with the facade as there but apart from the the stone and the marble are the marble um entry to santi apostoli is different than um than san lorenzo i believe i could be wrong um what's really cool if you when when you walk into santi apostoli what is really cool about it is if you look up there are wooden beams and they're just like i remember looking up on those and I'm like oh my god this is like everything's marble everything's stone and you look up and there's these random beautifully decorated wooden beams ceiling that they it's said to be have been added in the 13th century um 1333 and but they uh, the pavement is actually there it's a mosaic which you'll know you will also notice this too which I didn't really put put my head around until I kept going back and some because it was underwater you can tell that the, the 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 mosaic floor is a little wavy not as wavy though as san marco in Venezia, in venice okay if you've been to venice and you've walked into that church you'll know what i'm talking about it's because it's been underwater so much the 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 pavement the the floor is actually wavy like it's just incredible it's incredible um yeah, so I won't talk any the 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 works of art in there are are kind of cool, but I I don't know a lot of the history, and I don't want to get into it if it's not you know that that's not what I really was aiming for for this podcast to get into too much history, yes, but not too much of like the nitty gritty dates and like painters and stuff unless it's my favorite painter, Filippo Lippi. Anyway, another another podcast. Um, so. There is a, there is a story about, I believe it was, was the bell tower. The bell tower. No, it wasn't this. It's a different one. See? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes as well as like, we're trying to remember like what I was told. um There is a beautiful um. There is a beautiful tabernacle inside the church um, by, uh, it's a Della Robbia, but it's not um, the famous Luca Della Robbia. It's it's Giovanni. I believe it's Giovanni Della Robbia. And yeah, and it's really pretty because it's blue. I love blue. Della Robbia always have some sort of blue, like a deep, like a light blue in there. And I always love blue. And it's really, really pretty. So that's that's really all I can tell you about this church. I um I recently found out that this church actually has its own Facebook page, which is like incredible. I um I went there but I went back to uh, Santi Apostoli in 2018 with my mom and my sister and and I actually was able to talk to the priest that was sitting like in front of in at the entrance of the church which I've never ever seen, guys. This church is like nobody goes in here. Hardly any tourist groups come in here. It's so small. It's there's no big like Michelangelo or um, Bruno, like Brunelleschi or like any of the big painters. There's nothing really of note in here. It's just really, really quaint and there's just so much pensive energy in there. Like you can just sit there for hours and just meditate because. It's so quiet, and especially on a hot day, um, going in there, it's so cool because of the marble and the stones and the, oh, it's so nice. But I found out, yes, they have a Facebook page, and they do um, a lot of outreach, and they do um, English um, service. If you're in Florence at any time and you wanted to go to this church, they do have... um, an English mass and I don't remember what time it's at but something to look into if you are interested in like just seeing a really really adorable church it's so adorable um I I use this church and I think I've I hinted to this on one of the episodes prior I use this church a lot when I was living there as my um my safe space this church gave me answers within my being, because I sat with my thoughts and I sat with my um, my scarcity, my, um, my not being enough, my, am I going to make it? Like all those limiting beliefs, this church was holding me. And again, I told you I'm not very religious. Um, like I didn't go to church a lot during this time. I was I used to be, I used to go to church when I was younger and I was part of um, a youth group and stuff, but um, my idea of God and spirituality changed over the years. So I use this church as kind of like my, my divine, like the spiritual guidance. I would walk in there and just feel immediately held and immediately just voices coming to me going, you're okay. Everything's okay. Why are you crying? (laughs) You're living in Florence. And I just get emotional thinking about it because it was really hard to be on my own sometimes. And again, this is all before I met the love of my life, which I'll talk about in the next episode. Um, But understanding that like out of all the times I've stepped out of the box and I stepped out of my comfort zone and I stepped out of just being comfortable with where my life was going. Like these were the times that tested me. And yeah, I was emotional and I was crying and I'm crying right now, but I I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I didn't I didn't let people in my life. I didn't let my really Crappy ass students sometimes treat me like shit. um Tell me I don't speak right. Tell me my dialect's wrong. Tell me the word I use is wrong. My intonation. Like there was a lot of things that could have stopped me from even trying to speak Italian anymore with strangers. But I embraced who I was. And I always said, even to my friend Kelly, if Kelly, if you ever listen to this, I don't know, you probably don't remember this, but I just remember idolizing her because she spoke really well and she lived there a lot longer than me, but she spoke really good Italian. But I also wanted to say, I wanted to realize, um, let myself be in the space of like, you know what? I don't need to be told that I'm Italian. I don't need to be told that I speak amazing Italian. No, I don't need to be told that I have a great dialect. No, it just was something that, eventually just happened and I just didn't care anymore. Even when I made mistakes and I still to this day I make even more mistakes because I live stateside. Um and it and I beat myself up about it all the time. And it's within me, like just I know this is kind of like a stupid thing to talk about. Maybe not, but like when you put yourself out there, if it's with a language or with a job or with starting your own business or Like, you're going to get beat down and you're going to have people say, no, what the fuck? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, um, why are you talking like that? You're American. But, you know, you're going to get all the naysayers and the people that kind of push you to the side and just kind of just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what they think, because what it's important is how you are showing up in the world and my vision for my life right now is to take you to Italy to see these amazing places and to give back to my amazing friends that are in the tourism business and that can show you authentically, truly Italy, truly trulyitaly.tours. <laughs> that, is my, that is my dream and that's my goal and that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to outright say it that's what I'm going to do. And if you're along with me for the ride, amazing. I would love to have you on one of my travel experiences, one of my excursions. I would love it. I want you to um just sit back with that feeling of like, if you are getting, which I know some of you are out there, so um, we've all got to be in some sort of a a a battle with ourselves these days because we're all still kind of at home working from home and not really sure of what's coming up next everything's very still uncertain it's so uncertain my vision and my hope is that by September we can be traveling safely abroad and we will be allowed (laughs) into a Europe we won't be banned anymore My hope. I could be wrong. But you know what? I'd rather have hope than nothing at all. I have an amazing opportunity for you to step out of your comfort zone and really and try to see and explore these different places with me. Some of these places that we'll be going in the next few years, I have yet to be. I have not been. Uh, but I have my amazing friend Masi and some new friends that I'm hoping that will, you know, help me. And And I want to help them. And I know this episode kind of moved into like... <laughs> Like talking about how I felt back then and then also what I feel about now. But you know what? It's all relevant and it's all like, it's all happening now. This is what's happening. I've, I got nothing else but the truth and how I feel in this moment. So I'm going to leave this episode with, um, please go and visit Santiago Postoli when you're in Florence. And if you're with me in Florence, we will be visiting it (laughs) because it's my... My favorite, favorite place to be, and um, thank you for listening to me. And thank you for listening to me get emotional again, (laughs) because this has been a really good experience for me. This will be my sixth episode or seventh episode, and uh, yeah, and I have so many more amazing things to offer to you and to um, to share with you. And I hope you're along for the ride. Um, If you want. To know more about Truly Italy and our travel experiences, my travel experiences, go to trulyitaly.tours. I have an email list if you want to get on there so you can hear when I have new things coming up. Um, Go on on to Facebook, look up Truly Italy Tours. And uh, on Instagram, I've got three now because I've gotten too many handles because of my old one. Katerina Fiore, Fiore uh, K-A-T-E-R-I-N-A-F-I-O-R-E is um, my personal Instagram handle. Then I have love underscore Firenze underscore Italy. And then for Truly Italy, um, my business, truly underscore Italy. And um, follow me there. I love to share pictures and stories and and just little things that make me happy about being able to live this amazing life in Italy and over on stateside. So, thanks again. Ciao, ciao. Ci si vede. I am beyond grateful for you listening to my podcast right now. I am so excited to share my journey of living abroad And all my stories of Florence and Italy and all the places in between that I've visited. If this has reached you in any way and you would like to continue, please subscribe now. Also, go check out my website, trulyitaly.tours, for all my travel experiences. Ci si vede. Ciao.